Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio, a student-operated, non-commercial radio station. KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we talk with some of Literary Club's board members, discuss cancel culture, and catch up with the latest news in arts and entertainment. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to The Medium. We've got a brand new episode for you. I'm Maddie. Reed's not here right now. He'll be here in a little bit. He's going to do the discussion bit. We have a guest host, Annie Terry's in today. She's going to be looking into podcasts with Tommy Media, so she's going to come hang out with us for a little bit and talk with Reed. Um, but I'm here first, and I'm going to do an interview with Literary Club. Kind of got some of their board members. We'll just talk about the club and what they got going on. So I'm here with Helen Armstrong, who's the vice president, and Emily Ruri, who's our event coordinator. Hello, gals. Hi, Maddie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, I know Emily and Helen. We took a class together, and we're a bunch of goons. So I'm happy to have them here. It's a good time. You guys are actually cousins, right? Maddie, why'd you have to out us right Because up? I yeah. didn't know that for <laughs> the Maddie, longest time. And they were like, oh my god, we're cousins. <laughs> Kayla cousins. <laughs> rising. Yeah, even our producer Kayla knows. It's it's a whole time. It's good. Um, so literary club. What a time. It sounds so like academic and professional. It's so it's academic and academic. professional. We meet in the library. Literary I mean, club. We drink hot chocolate. We Only professionals are allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just give me a rundown. What is lit club? I don't know if you know any of the history of it, but, like, what do you guys do? Helen knows the history of it. I wasn't here back in the day, but, um... um, Just put her on the spot. Yeah, well... (laughs) You better know it. (laughs) Yeah, I can share what I know. Well, Literary Club is part of the Sigma Tau Delta Literary Society, which is a nationwide honor society for English majors and minors. Told you it was fancy. (laughs) It is, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and our literary club is kind of like the fun student activity aspects of it. Um, and you don't have to be an English major or minor to be in the club. Anyone can join. We do a lot of fun activities. And, yeah, we're really focused on just, like, bringing in people who love reading, books, writing, but who aren't necessarily pursuing that as a career, but they still want to enjoy that yeah. with other students. Yeah. Yeah. That's about accurate. <laughs> um, we do fun events like we're doing a mystery dinner coming up, written by our lovely uh, Jimmy Mayer, yes, our president. Our president. Um, yeah, he writes a fan fiction every semester, essentially. <laughs> I'm here <laughs> we for it. Yeah. Act it out. It's incredible. <laughs> um, we're gonna go. Is it like Clue vibes? Like, do you get yeah. costumes? Kind of. Okay. It depends. Yeah. Costumes are are somewhat required, but. We, most people dress up. It's a lot. It's a good time. All right. All this right. next coming one is shipwrecked theme. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. I don't know. Are there mermaids? <laughs> that you know, we never know. He doesn't tell <laughs> That's us. That's the mystery. That yeah. How how long do the mystery dinners usually take? Is it like oh here's twenty minutes or is oh, it no. like an it's event? Oh no, it's an event. event. It's, it's a couple hours. All right. Yeah, at least two or three. Mm-hmm. You get the catering food yep. in there. The More. mac and cheese. Yep. The, chicken the mac and cheese. <laughs> Welcome to my gala of murder. <laughs> exactly. Please enjoy. We <laughs> eat like toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Jimmy orders goldfish too because they're <laughs> snack. Dude, you gotta munch though. I like know. There's uh, yeah, exactly. Murder and munch is goldfish the alternative are so title. good. A <laughs> murder and munch night. So you mentioned Helen. Uh, it's not just for English majors or minors. 
talk a little bit more about that. What do you guys hope to encourage on campus outside of English prone people, I guess? Yeah, um, well, for example, our president Jimmy is not an English major. He is a, he's a STEM major, I believe it's chemistry. Biochemistry. <laughs> Biochemistry, like that's it. Of that variety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally not. And we love that. We love to encourage other people to share their interests um, and to have something fun to look forward to each week um, that isn't, you know, just homework and to have something in the library that's not just homework. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we just love, like, promoting community and bringing, yeah, like, people from diverse majors together and we can all have a good time and just, like, enjoy what we have in common, mm-hmm. which is usually a love of reading. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've been kind of trying to branch out as far as our literary discussions into, like, talking about how literature affects our daily lives outside of, like, clubs or just, like, English major stuff. Um, We recently had a discussion about the literary canon and how that's been shaped throughout history, uh, which is an interesting – it's kind of relevant to, like, I don't know, aspects of history and, like, Mm -hmm. oppression. And, yeah, so it's beyond just writing games. Definitely. So on the topic of, like, literary discussions and stuff, what do you typically – try to talk about because can't like canon that's a pretty big yeah that was kind of new for us we're not usually yeah that's pretty that can get intense but it's good we we like to um we like to kind of focus on a broad topic that people can bring their own perspectives into we don't like to start out too specific so yeah something like that which is broad it's a big big idea but that that's kind of good because then other people can bring in other things you know that they've read or that they've seen or heard about in other classes so that we can kind of get a range of perspectives about it Mm -hmm. definitely i mean the i had gone to one of the meetings last year and i think we talked about like is fan fiction literature (laughs) and i was a diehard like yes it's literature (laughs) it's writing it's reading yeah but then some people were like no yeah but like it's just it's fun i think to debate that especially with people who aren't english majors um i am and i feel like english majors tend to not think fan fiction is literature but i'm all for it man do your thing yeah it's hunger games fan fiction <laughs> hunger that games stuff is fan incredible fan. honestly yeah <laughs> i the one the only kind of fanfic i can't get behind is when it's not like media based like there's a lot of book fan fiction obviously a lot of movies but then there's like one direction fan fiction <laughs> yeah like what do you write about how do you write I about still, that i still think that's literature maddie <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not. I just don't get it. What? Those are re- they're real right. people. Yeah, that is. Kind <laughs> How do you yeah, write about that? Yeah, yeah, the real people aspect of it is is strange. Like if it's characters and you mischaracterize them, okay. it's fine. They're fake anyway. If you were famous and had fan fiction written about you, would you read it? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And they do. Famous people talk <laughs> about their fan fiction a lot. Like back in the day, when I watched like Dan Howell on YouTube, <laughs> they would talk to me like. Please stop writing gay fanfiction about us. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> I mean, well, even when they're about actors, like there's a lot of fanfiction about the show Supernatural. That must be weird for them, too. Because, yeah. like, yeah, it's about the character, but they always are, like, describing what they look like. I'm like, they're literally talking about Jensen mm-hmm, Ackles. Right. What do you think about this, sir? That is a whole tangent that I did not intend to go on. But <laughs> Do you ever get Tommy Media fanfiction, or has that not happened for your podcast yet? You know, I think <laughs> we could write Kayla, somewhere. Annie, I think that's a branch that we need to open up. <laughs> okay, instead of letter to the editor, fanfic to the editor. <laughs> and I don't care if they're writing about us or just whatever. No, actually, no. They have to write about the freaking Tomcat mascot. It has to Ooh. be fanfiction <laughs> about him. Tommy the Tomcat. Tommy, Tommy the Tomcat yes. fanfic. That is the new 
Yeah, that's happening. I'm sure Keston and all of our advisors <laughs> would approve. Or we could just do a podcast where we just read fan fiction. I'm so down for that. Yeah, Maddie. I'd be down for that. I'll guest star on that. That could sure. also be bad, so maybe not. <laughs> anyway, could be really good. Could be really fun. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, so the mystery dinner you guys do. You also go to a play every semester, correct? We yes. do. What this kind of plays do you look for? Literature based, usually. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, so um, this semester we're going to Emma at the Guthrie, which is nice. based on a book by Jane Austen, mm-hmm. uh, which I have not read, but I'm excited. <laughs> I have read. It's, it's a good book. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, we've gone to, um, last year we went to a Shakespeare production, was that Twelfth Night, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. Twelfth Night's also going on at the Guthrie, or will be starting to in, like, a week. Huh. Or it is right now. Yeah. But I don't know how long they, like, do shows, or if they, like, do them again, but still. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, we, we usually go to the Guthrie, it's a really cool, get to go to downtown Minneapolis, it's fun. Yeah, um, there have been discussions of possibly going to see Frozen at the Orpheum. <laughs> oh yeah, which isn't as literature-based. It's vaguely so literature-based. <laughs> Emma is, is definitely more rooted in literature. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Guthrie always has a good classic. So yeah, like, right. like Emma or Twelfth Night, that sort of thing. They do a lot of... Um, are they the ones that do the Christmas Carol? Yeah, every, every, year. every Christmas. Yeah. So like they do Dick and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of right up Lit Club's alley. Yeah. But Frozen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the content is <laughs> right. pure. Exactly, and I like how they take a modern spin on it. Usually, like the Twelfth Night was like modern day, right? Like, it, was that the one with like the basketballs? I don't know. There oh, was like a right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They tend to um, use a diverse cast, um, and I I think I've seen them do a few like um, switching genders in cool. in roles, mm-hmm. which is really cool mm-hmm. in Shakespeare, especially because you know. When they originally performed Shakespeare plays, it was all men mm-hmm. playing female roles. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that they like swap that around now and have women play male roles, and then vice versa too. That'd be a little confusing with Twelfth Night, considering it already is a cross-dressing yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. But kind of fun. I don't know. The club watched She's the Man the other <laughs> night, <laughs> um, which is also based. It's on based on yeah. Twelfth. Yeah. Um, that that wasn't that confusing. It was a good time. <laughs> it, was, it was great. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did see uh, Frankenstein at the Guthrie, and oh. it was kind of, like you said, had a little bit of a modern spin. Yeah. It was still set in the time period, but it was very steampunk, sci-fi kind of vibe to mm-hmm. it. And so it was like That's a good combination of right. adapt for the modern audience, but still keep the original yeah. text and stuff. So that was really fun. Um, is there anything else that you guys do that's fun? I like Lick Club. I think it's, li- it's <laughs> Why literally Why don't you show lit. up, Maddie? Yeah, I just got Maddie. called out. <laughs> I like Lick Club. <laughs> I like Lick Club. I just like, haven't been there in like a semester. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The problem is I moved off campus and now I'm too lazy to walk back to school. <laughs> yeah, understandable. That's true. When when is Lit Club? When can people find you? Where and when? Tuesdays at 7 in the Leather Room, which is yep. Library 108. Wow, mm-hmm. look at that plug. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Helen, Emily, thank you all for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Everyone, go check out Lit Club and just start reading books. It's a good time. Read. So thanks again to Helen and Emily for coming in. But now we're going to transition into our discussion piece. And like I mentioned earlier, we have Annie Terry in. Annie, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're glad <laughs> that you're here. Annie's going to be looking into starting a new podcast, Tommy Media. Not sure how that's going to look yet, but she's going to get a feel for working in our studio and just 
I don't know. Talking yeah. in a microphone can be weird for like the first couple times. And so. not breaking the equipment I'm working with. Exactly. Actually recording something. This is groundbreaking. It's kind of <laughs> it's exciting it's a step stuff. Forward. Yeah, it's, it's a step definitely forward. a big step up. And Reed's <laughs> back in here with us. Hi, Reed. Hi, guys. It's I'm good, here. It's good to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you're good here. to see you guys. Um, so Reed and Annie are going to kind of take over. We're going to talk about cancel culture. So. Yeah. Um. So me and Annie have the same sh uh, time in media shift. So I mean, we work together um, and we were talking about a, a possible discussion and Annie came up with an excellent one. I think it's a little, there's a lot of controversy and a lot of weight behind it um, because a lot of cancel culture kind of ranges of how extreme um, like the canceling mm -hmm. is and what the person did to get canceled. Um, so w I'm going to pass off to you. What do you think how would you define cancel culture to our audience? Yeah, so I don't actually remember how we got on the topic, which is sad. It was like Friday. It was Today's Friday. Monday. It was, <laughs> we, oh my gosh, I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to retrace. Hey, hard. Man. Yeah, I was trying to retrace how we even got on to this topic, but I think it's really interesting. So for anyone who doesn't know, cancel culture, and this is kind of a loose definition. We are looking online, and a lot of different sources define it slightly differently, but kind of the idea that we got from this is from Vox is that cancel culture is a celebrity or other public figure says or does something offensive and then either their base or a larger public backlash happens and it's often fueled by social media so this can ob obviously have some pretty bad repercussions for them a lot of times um, people can have less work, especially if you're like a celebrity, right? Like an actor, you can have a lot less work opportunities put towards you. If you're a YouTuber, I know that people would like lose followers and stuff over that. And Even it's sponsorships. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really a wide range of like reasons that people get quote unquote canceled, um, a wide range of reasons that um, people backlash and a wide range of repercussions. So it's kind of a big umbrella statement about that. Um, I, it's just such a, like I said before, it's kind of like a broad topic, so I'm not mm -hmm. certain where to handle it. Like some of the bigger like cancel culture like cases um, are pretty heavy, like Harvey Weinstein, um, like Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby are all like really yeah. big examples of people in the industry um, or in the spotlight who have just horrible past or have done horrible things and like the entire society kind of just said you're done like yeah um, mm -hmm. you know Harvey Weinstein is now going to jail I think Bill Cosby is going to jail too uh, Kevin Spacey can't get a job for his life now um, and I find it curious because oh, I I was listening to someone's stand-up, I think it was, and uh, of course, I, this just came to mind. I'm so sorry that I can't remember the name of where this came from, but we were talking about how um, Bill Cosby had like won an award before all the news broke, and apparently it was kind of like a well-known secret that mm. he was kind of a sexual predator, unfortunately. And for, I think, I'm not sure what what do you think caused like this kind of tidal wave of everyone just saying you know what let's not pretend this isn't happening let's confront this I, I think it kind of started with the Me Too movement would you agree or no yeah I think so and I actually so I had listened to I forget where I had listened to it. we're <laughs> we're terrible like I using know. a bunch of content but um I had listened to a podcast that was kind of tracing back the Me Too movement. I think it was a This American Life where it was tracing back the Me Too movement in similar cases. And a lot of times it's just that group mentality of, okay, I understand that this isn't okay. And a lot of times it'll start with like 
one per like it doesn't have just have to be like um sexual abusers or anything like that it's just like one person being uh saying oh okay this isn't okay and finding other people who it's happened to and once it's a larger group then it can really snowball but a lot of people so it's interesting i'm not really sure where i even fall on it but a lot of people are very opposed to now how cancel culture has evolved where if uh, i've read articles where the argument is any public figure does anything and they're automatically canceled like it can be like youtubers fighting with each other one-on-one they're canceled and their followers go up and down and it's just really more of an automatic like knee-jerk response that's been built up by these larger movements and that wasn't really what the intention of the movements were from the beginning so i thought that was an interesting argument about it that is interesting um i think honestly kind of like the backbone of this uh culture cancel culture movement or even the me too movement is maybe not necessarily me too let's stick with the cancel culture is um social media in general yeah um the immediate response you can get from people the immediate reaction and how loud it can be because just about anyone can hear it um suddenly it's you know i don't know you know kevin spacey was trending on twitter or whatever when Mm -hmm. allegations came out against him um and that was immediate everyone knew right away and everyone had an opinion right away um and i think that instant surge of emotion of reaction i guess um for lack of a better word is more impactful than just like the slow burn thing Mm because i think what bill cosby he's like 70 something harvey weinstein is in his late 70s and they were doing what they were doing for so long which is so sad but you know why now it's because we're we're in an age where the internet has power um the social media has power twitter has power Mm -hmm. twitter is very powerful um and I think, I think that might have what helped kick it off, this r- incredibly reactionary climate that we're in, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so conflicting because part of me with some of the more serious cases, I'm like super, I don't know, like it, it's really satisfying to see like, okay, people are believing women, even women who aren't in a position of power right now. People are believing people who have had things like bad things done to them even though they're not in that position of power like it kind of is like the great equalizer like social media is being used as this platform to be able to like equalize people's voices and then you see it also just like you know there's some youtubers fighting or somebody um like dug up a sound clip out of context i've seen where then when you like hear the whole thing that's really not what they intended and it's being used in that same way where i can see where people who are in the, I don't know, I guess in those fields, in the like political spotlight, in the celebrity spotlight would feel really anxious about their image. But I think to a certain extent, like they should be like they're putting out a certain like they should be careful and cognizant of what they're putting out there. Oh, I, I 100% agree. Um, if you have that spotlight on you, if you have that large audience, an influential audience, um you need to be careful or mindful of what you say um and i don't yeah that's it like Mm -hmm. i think it is important um and now we yeah we just live in this era where it's so easy to destroy someone's career once they have it if if there are grounds to destroy it you know like their position of power uh doesn't protect them from being 
I don't know, torn down. If yeah, or held accountable. Or yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Did you follow at all the um, – and this is like a loose – that's the thing about cancel culture is it's such a big umbrella where you have, you know, I would consider Harvey Weinstein a, under the umbrella of cancel culture, but I would also consider the, like, James Charles and Tati mm-hmm. drama. And I, I don't know if you follow that very well, but it was... Not not well. Can you give yeah, me I, in the audience? Yeah. So I had just... That's something I dug up when I was looking into this because we were going to talk about it. And it was basically these two YouTubers and... Um, to simplify it like extremely they basically had had a fight with each other and were um, putting out these super long monetized videos um, explaining like the drama and what happened to them and that was held as kind of a like eye-opening example of cancel culture because of how their follower count fluctuated so much so you know let's say like Tati put out a video and then James Charles subscriptions would go way down and then he would put out a video explaining his side of it and his subscription or his subscribers would go way up and hers would go down like where it was just kind of eye-opening to everyone where it's like you know like just because somebody comes out and uses this platform as a way to hold someone accountable that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth and that doesn't necessarily like mean that that's the entire story which I think is where it becomes very problematic I agree I think people are really um People on social media and or like platforms like YouTube are really eager to pull the trigger on mm-hmm. um, being like a watchdog um, because there are certain examples like we we're talking about how there is like this hu- very huge spectrum of um, intensities of like this mm-hmm. like crimes of the cancel culture like why you're canceled ranging from Harvey Weinstein to was it James Charles and yeah like. Who, and, what was the other name? Uh, Tati. Tati. And there were other ones in these articles where we were like, oh, like these people are doing fine. Yeah. And they had this huge scandal, and then like a couple years later, yeah, uh, just forget about it. Kind um, of. F- like the most notable, um, I think for me was like Kevin Hart. Um, he was slated to host the Oscars last year, mm-hmm. and um, a tweet of his surfaced from like 2010 that was, um, I think it was deemed either homophobic or I think it was homophobic. Yeah. Um, and he came out and he like instantly like, oh, I am so sorry. Like this was not cool of me. Um, and that kind of like he currently is not that type of person. He mm-hmm. doesn't do any of those tweets. Doesn't make jokes like that. Um, all in all, like in the moment, he's pretty solid, you know, entertainer. Um, and I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're basically now it's like he's fine. Like yeah, he's his fine. Like, reputation is fine so, even. I mean I guess that opens up the uh, uh poses a question like should these people who have done these questionable or said these questionable things like in the past be held accountable now? Um I think certain people very much so. Um mm-hmm. uh, especially to the degree of whatever they did. Um but like having like a controversial tweet. Um no, Another one, I was James Gunn, who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fired by Disney and Marvel because he had a tweet, a, like, literally, a, like, a decade ago. Um, and I think he was calling out someone for something. And it was, I think, he made a pedophile joke, which is, you know, not mm-hmm. cool or controversial at best. Um But, again, that was a decade ago. And, like, his track record since, or... Like, that might have been a negative slip, but he's overall been, like, a pretty good, solid person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's it's hard it's very difficult to gauge like how how strong a consequence should be for in cancel culture i guess yeah especially when it's so up to public opinion i think it's tricky too with like everyone's tweets surfacing like obviously and some of people's tweets who have surfaced it's really like jarring and it's like hard to see somebody who you like look up to um say that and like that's really understandable Mm -hmm. but i think it's just a good lesson going forward and some people learned it the hard way of like the track record that you have on social media and online it follows you throughout your entire life and your entire career like that's just even for somebody like obviously like you and me where we're not like (laughs) celebrities or anything like that it's just it's I'm still cautious about what I put on social opening. media. Yeah, where it's like, I mean, obviously we wouldn't put anything like offensive, but it's just super eye-opening of like, it, this follows you and it has like real career repercussions and it has like real, like I feel like until cancel culture happened, it was kind of like something that your mom would say like, oh yeah, you know, like don't get a Facebook too young, things like that, where um, now it just has those such like tangible repercussions it wasn't just like your reputation it's like your job it's your money it's like everything very serious consequences um and i i keep thinking about this too i think i don't know the our societal climate or like our climate has changed um people i mean people have become more pc more accepting more sensitive to um these things like racial slurs do not fly nowadays which they should not i'm sorry i want to make that clear mm-hmm. or you know homophobic rep- or slurs should not be okay in the slightest um but like a decade ago they were very normal unfortunately mm-hmm. but that was pretty normal for like jokes or comedians to make or excuse me t- for comedians to make jokes that involve those things which is incredibly unfortunate but that was the cl- current climate it was okay then so yeah. now that it's not okay now do we punish people for I don't know, thriving in that sort of culture by using that sort of language. It's it's a very difficult conversation. It's a very difficult situation. Um, and it makes me feel sympathetic to, for people like Kevin Hart who, like, took, pl- or took place or, like, he was involved in that sort of uh, older political climate and he had those jokes um, and he said those things. But now he's like, he's adjusted or he's mm-hmm. changed or grown. Of course, I don't know him personally. Maybe he's a he's a yeah. horrible person. <laughs> but he's and the public side, he seems to have grown. And so it's like, do we still need to punish him for for this? Something that was okay back then isn't now, and he has he is aware of that and mm-hmm. currently acts upon that. I I don't know. Well, and I think to our earlier point of if it's something where it's a tweet that resurfaces and something that definitely, like, to clarify, like, what Kevin Hart said and what any, all of these tweets that are resurfacing, like, they're things that people get upset about because they're upsetting things, like, they're upsetting things that people are putting out there, Um, but if they have one that isn't, you know, like, to the level where it's going to ruin your career, then it kind of doesn't like a lot of time where like if you look at I mean it definitely does in some cases but like when you look at the case of like Kevin Hart like he still sells out comedy shows mm-hmm. he's still writing specials you know he's still doing completely fine in his career and I think that 
when you build a fan base based off of all that authenticity and when you have something like that resurface like obviously it is jarring and you are going to lose people who feel really strongly about that but if you keep up your reputation then his reputation may may i build off that like his reputation wasn't built on that kind of language or that kind of Mm -hmm. culture you know it was built on you know being funny and i don't know being a good guy to work with Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i agree like if they have this solid foundation because i was thinking like i was comparing like okay kevin hart he made his career um acting doing jokes and he's been known to be like a fun guy to be around he's nice um but then if you look at like uh, like r kelly like his his career is just riddled with Mm -hmm. unfortunate incidences and it's like and then people have pretty much just disowned him yeah and i think that's the difference is how you build yourself up do you build yourself up with by doing these horrible acts or while doing these horrible acts or do you build yourself up in a very healthy way and maybe have a bad joke here or there i guess yeah not to minimize that yeah no definitely not to minimize it but we i think what we've kind of landed on is um that when people are it, it definitely depends on the severity. I can see the argument both ways. That's why this is like a different con- a difficult conversation um, because a lot of people are saying like, you know, if anything like that does resurface, like you should not have a career at that point. You should not be allowed to be in the public space if you have that. And I think that um, it would be very anxiety provoking to ever put any type of like content out there. Like we put out content every day, even just through Tommy Media where... I mean, obviously, it's not anything that would resurface as something that people would be offended by. But, um, you know, I can see where if you were a comedian, it's like, well, what can I make jokes about? Like what, you know, it's a very difficult line. And I think it's something to be cognizant about. But when it um, when it can be to that extreme where you're losing your job, where you're losing opportunities, I can see where it would be super difficult to or not not really like super difficult but maybe just super nerve-wracking to you know write new content put new content out there knowing that you have all those watchful reactive eyes on you yeah i think i don't know i feel a little better knowing that like there's this giant watchdog like twitter out there um it keeps i think there are pros and cons to it keeping celebrities on their toes um making sure that they're not being gigantic horrible people mm-hmm. um i could have used uh, several t- <laughs> worse words there <laughs> lack sorry. of yeah. a better oh, word what, lack of a better word. Oh. Um, <laughs> Gosh, I, don't know, I, I, I like that it's like you you have this privilege of being in the spotlight of making a, bun- a bunch of money of having people follow you and praise you so you need to mm-hmm. um, respect that you know respect yeah, our, that responsibility exactly it's yeah. a lot of responsibility um and i and i'm I'm kind of okay with them having to respect that responsibility, respect mm-hmm. that attention, you know. Yeah, it's kind of expanded from the media only being the watchdog on that to it's like everyone's Everyone. the watchdog at yeah. this point. Like everyone can, you know. Everyone has a voice. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that's okay for now. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see where it, it goes. It easily <laughs> change, honestly. Jeez. 
It probably yeah, will. It probably will. It, yeah, it will probably will. We'll come back um, when it does. Yeah. <laughs> probably next week. Ne- yeah, <laughs> next week we're like, so... <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. So sorry, guys. stuff happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang, it's such an interesting topic. It, yeah, and like it's already changed so much just in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Because you can definitely see the argument on both sides. It's, I don't know. I think social media in general is just so new and so um, unpredictable. We're still learning the rules. Yeah. Today. We mm-hmm. have not evolved in time with everything else that yep. we've created. <laughs> We're yeah. a little behind. Now we've got to catch up. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Annie, for this has been thank a riveting conversation. Kind of heavy, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah a nice jump into me. podcasting yeah. there. Just yeah. cancel culture. Yeah. Took a big old sledgehammer to this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> for great. having me. Of course. Yeah. Um, let's move on to what's happening in the news. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Um, so our first story is coronavirus continues to eliminate, excuse me, limit musical eliminate. I mean, it kind of is eliminated. It kind of is eliminated. Maybe that's why it came to my head. Um, coronavirus continues to limit musical gatherings. The latest uh, casualty being Austin South by Southwest Festival. I did hear about this. It was a big one. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, This is the first cancellation in its uh, 34-year history. Uh, the festival would have been from March 16th to March 22nd. Um, it draws huge crowds to Texas's capital city, but obviously for health concerns, it has been canceled. That's really disappointing. That is disappointing, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently the movie industry is just taking huge hits. Um, oh, mm. we should add this to the latest news, excuse me. But Go for it. Um, most recently, they pushed um, the newest James Bond movie to November. Um for the the, the filming of it or the release the date? release of it mm. yeah because strictly like it's done it's wrapped up but um people are afraid are the they're just not gonna go to the theater exactly yeah <laughs> studio the studio is afraid that they won't That's be nuts. able yeah they won't be able to make the revenue from uh, because people are unwilling to go to the movie theater mm-hmm. um so it's hugely affecting yeah i did hear that some i don't know field. i don't have a specific example but some film sets are being postponed like they're postponing filming of the movies i heard this too and i don't recall which and i don't know if it's because of like travel restrictions or also in part of like having all those people in one area together yeah probably is both but that's kind of unfortunate i'm not surprised but dang coronavirus dang coronavirus messing with my music and my yeah. Media. Um, obviously, that's not the first concern, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, hopefully... But what the heck? Hopefully, it gets better before it gets worse. Um, I think it is. It apparently, it's... This isn't entertainment news, but apparently, it's improving in China, so hopefully, that it continues to improve. Anyways. But it's bad everywhere else. <laughs> I'm just... It l- silver lining, man. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Glass half full. Glass half full. There you go. Yeah. We're here for it. You want to take this next one? Uh, Sure. Um, Netflix, okay, this had me shook when I learned this. Netflix is creating two new animated series based on Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Because like, we need another one. Because, one, we need more Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Great, okay. Um, Johnny Depp wasn't enough. Johnny Depp was too much, okay? <laughs> they should have stopped with Gene Wilder. Um, the first one will be called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it'll be about, like, those characters and that original story. But then the other one is called Oompa Loompas, <laughs> and it'll be about the Oompa Loompa characters. I'm shook. I don't – they're animated, which is kind of fun, but I – why? I'm just very confused, especially by the Oompa Loompa thing. I don't – I have two words for you. 
existing property that already exists. People recognize the name, so people are going to watch it. But give me new content. I know. I know. I know. It's very frustrating. Fun it's fact. Fine. Fun fact. I was definitely afraid of Oompa Loompas as a child. They feared. I feared them. Well, you should. They're, They're cannibals. Like they are Oh yeah, we, uh, <laughs> they that are. Is a, that is a throwback to one of our older, our older episodes. Um, our f- like f- film theory, whatever it was fan called. Fan theory. And Willy Wonka and the Oompa Loompas work together to make everybody cannibals by putting the kids that just disappear in the candy. Annie, it's absurd. Like, yeah, where <laughs> do the kids go? You never see them again. That's insane. We're, we're not going to discuss this any further. You're going to have to check Sorry. out our older episode for that. Because I want more views on that. <laughs> um, to our next well, topic. I don't sound desperate. Right? <laughs> well, I, I You're like, please. <laughs> um, our next topic. Uh, excuse me. The next bit of news. Former Democratic presidential candidate will host Jimmy Kimmel Live on Thursday. Um, this is Pete Buttigieg hosting. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete is hosting uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live on Thursday. He announced this on uh, Mondays. So today's the day we're filming this. Um today's show the today show excuse me um yeah they're lining up a slate of guests uh, apparently patrick stewart is coming on which is cool probably gonna be talking about picard which mm-hmm. apparently isn't doing so well um <laughs> and half glass full read come on is this i'm i think this is the first time uh, so yeah uh Buttigieg dropped out of the presidential race march 1st um and he's been traveling the country with his husband um, let's see. The former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, said he is going to have some fun before pursuing his next job. Um, hey, so is Elizabeth Warren. She was on SNL. That's what that I was, was yes, <laughs> like, that was nice. But I've never heard of this before. A presidential camp that he's hosting it. He's. Ho- it's not that he's just. Visiting. He's not on it. He is hosting it. He is taking Jimmy Kimmel's spot. But a lot of late night shows now are kind of being like, ooh, get this celebrity to come host. Yeah, I think Ellen does that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. She's but not late night, but yeah. But si- similar no, vibe, th- though. I think Jimmy Kimmel's done this before. Or Jimmy Fallon, excuse me, did this with Chris Pratt, I believe, for a while. while Probably. Because he, he had broken his fingers. James Corden did it a couple times when his most recent kid was born. I guess I'm just surprised that it's someone in the political field. Yeah. Someone who was so... Because he's going to be expected to be funny. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very I'm very curious what this is going to do to his political career. I don't think it'll ruin it or anything, but it, this is such an interesting turn. I just Canceled? so unexpected. <laughs> Canceled? Question mark? Um, anyways. So I, just, I think it's kind of – it's fun. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. No it's, matter who it is, but it's, it's – yeah, an odd it's, – it's, they're not performers. I wonder no. if there's really. going to be backlash like the same way where – correct me if I'm wrong, but when Obama was on SNL and it was kind of the first, like, political figure mm. of that status to be like on SNL and people were like oh like you know because it's supposed to be a job you take like super seriously mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're serious all the time no, I was like expected I, for presidential candidates mm-hmm. to go on SNL and host yeah, yeah. I, but I feel like it, if anything it can help them actually relate more like be more human. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why um famously um uh, Bill Clinton like won a bunch of voters because he showed up on the Arsenio Hall show <laughs> and played s- saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like no, it's Wild. yeah no, yeah, it's incredibly relatable to yeah. voters. Uh, and this somehow transitioned into a political podcast. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're in the media. They're, they're in. The, in the, they're they're in on the en- TV. It counts. In, he's now in the entertainment field. It counts. Not that political. Or the political field is an entertainment. It can. That be. was a really bad joke that didn't land. Anyways, on to our next news. 
Our last bit of news, uh, Pixar's latest animation, Onward, has been banned by several Middle Eastern countries because of a reference to lesbian parents, according to the reports. So uh, um, this is kind of spoiler-ish. Not really, but... Not really. It's uh, been in the news. Yeah. Um, the family film uh, will not be shown in... Oh, my goodness. Kiwat. Kuwait. Kuwait. <laughs> Om- Oman. Oman. Qatar. <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Guys, I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, I knew how to pronounce Saudi Arabia, though. Um, Hollywood media have has reported. Um, the police officer Spectre, voiced by... Uh, of course, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Liana Liana Way. Thank you. Why don't you... You just take the rest uh, of the story. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying that her character is the first openly gay character, which I've seen a lot of backlash for Disney in the first place because they're like, oh, this is the seventh time that Disney's had an openly gay character, even though none of them have ever been main characters. It's been like So suggested. they're like, stop skirting yeah. the issue by having like little LGBTQ representation here and there and just have an openly gay or queer main character. Beside the point, um, other Middle Eastern characters countries are showing the film like egypt and lebanon mm-hmm. um and according to deadline russia censored the scene in questioning by changing the world's girlfriend to partner and avoiding avoiding mentioning the gender of specter who is a supporting character so again it goes back to that they it is a supporting character but it's it's not a big deal yeah they're gay yeah that's what it is but also you have to think about the different cultural aspects between mm-hmm. a film made in america not for Americans, but by an American company and how that translates in other countries. This is very true. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it's, you know, artistic. It, it, like, if it boiled down, it's artistic ex- expression. You know, like, you're going to censor someone's, like, vision or someone's mm-hmm. art because it doesn't, I don't know. And that gets it, into the whole question of representation. What's good? What's bad representation? What's yeah. forced? What's natural that sort of thing um and we could talk about that for half an hour yeah that's we're a not to- going to yeah do. we're not gonna do that that's another <laughs> welcome to our there. spinoff podcast <laughs> yeah. the the sequel episode that's just tangential of us ranting <laughs> so yeah it's it's definitely interesting um but i think you really have to think of the cultural yeah component you definitely no you definitely have to think about yeah where th- they're not us you mm-hmm. know they're they have yeah they have a different culture behind them and they have different values so you got to respect that but mm-hmm. Well, Annie, thank you again for coming on. It was a joy having you. Thank you yes. so much for having me. It was a good good discussion. Yep. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to The Medium. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.